Hello, and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and I am really grateful that you're here listening to my podcast. I am looking out the window at Austin International Airport at an airplane carrying my niece, Christina, who is about to take off for Chicago. My sister worked for United Airlines, and so one of the greatest perks about working for an airline is that means that your family gets fly free. They fly standby, so it's based on space available, but in this case, my my niece was able to fly in to Austin from Chicago on Friday. I picked her up at 10.30ish on Friday night. And my daughter, Viva, our middle child, just had her birthday yesterday. She turned 12 and Christina's her uh, one of, I think she's the closest in age cousin to Ziva. And so Christina flew in Friday night, joined us for Ziva's birthday celebration Saturday and Sunday. Sunday was actually Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. And so she got to come with us to a neighborhood Super Bowl party, which was very fun. And now she is lying back out a standby flight United. It's kind of fun because she's a very well-traveled little girl. She has flown with us uh, to meet us in many places as an unaccompanied minor. The way that works is the airline takes care of the child when they're on the plane and they walk them down and sit them in their seat and then they just take care of them between uh, wherever they're from and wherever they're going. And it works really well because if they're an unaccompanied minor, they they don't let them out of their sight until they are handed off uh, to the person who is collecting them. And the beginning of that equation is that you, as the person who's delivering them to the airplane, uh, have to stay in the gate area until they are actually gone. Until that flight takes off, you can't just, you know, drop off the kid and take off. So I'm just waiting. The gate area is empty now. I'm at 31 in the Austin airport and the plane is backing out as we speak. So Christina is off and ready to go, which is a relief. Sometimes when people go standby, it is uh, hard to get a seat. We've had many, many stories over the years of people getting stuck in cities that they didn't want to be in. Usually it happens around busy holidays and other things. But that's one of the, the risks you take so that you can have the benefit of lying at a moment notice for free. I think it's totally free for the employee and her family, but I'm not positive about that. They may pay the taxes or something like that. But anyway, whatever it is, it's way cheaper than trying to pay full fare on an airplane on a regular airline. So there she goes. She just backed up and the plane just backed out of the gate and they're about to take off, which means I'll be leaving this area shortly. Uh, for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to record a little bit as I walk and talk. I'm not sure what the audio is going to sound like because as you can hear, there's all the airport sounds, but I figured that kind of fitting for this podcast that that's what we talk about is travel. One of the things I was thinking about was all the places that Christina has met us and her family as well, but just as an unaccompanied minor, she has flown to visit us in New Mexico. I know she flew to visit us in Florida. Now we're in Austin. She even flew unaccompanied minor internationally to to meet us in the Bahamas. I believe she flew to meet us in Seattle, Washington. If nothing else, she's flown out of Seattle as an unaccompanied minor. She's flown, I'm pretty sure, to Arizona to meet us. So while we are a traveling family for sure, Christina fits right in. In fact, we were joking uh, yesterday because we were sitting at the dinner table in our little rental house in Round Rock, Texas. And it's a very tiny little dining room. But we always make a point to eat as a family at the table. That's one of our things that 
we do, and I think that really came from being on the boat, that was one of the things we always did. Meals are together and part of what I love about our family. And our little dining room table has six feet around it. And in the past, like when we were on the boat, it would have fit uh, a nanny because we've had some nannies that lived aboard the Don Treader with us and also Hakuna Matata, our previous boat. So they would have been the sixth person. But in this case, Christina fit right in. And so my uh, daughter, I think it was Ziva, said, you know, you should just adopt Christina and then it would be perfect. And we'd fill them all. And we said, yeah, I think her family might have something to say about that. But anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, my family lived on a sailing catamaran called the Don Treader for almost two years. And that's actually what is on my mind right now. Living situation, boat, and well, not so much boats anymore, but, but what we are going to do now, I'm going to get the clearance from these ladies to hit the road and walk. And I'll try to record as I walk and kind of fill you in. But most of this episode is going to be recorded in my car after I leave the airport. So please stand by while I go check whether I'm free to go. It looks like they just took off, right? Or should I stand well, by a few more I, minutes? I am Omaha. There should be any way not going to just run down and take off. But we have your You have my number. Yeah, it's going to yeah. take me 20 she minutes to get out of the airport. Yeah, that's right. You said she got to come for her 10th birthday. Is that your daughter? Or? Yes, Ziva. Yep. She had her 12th birthday and she came to surprise her. Aww, it's such a gift. And you know, this little girl has flown, because we're a traveling family, and she has flown all kinds of places. We were in the Bahamas living on a boat, and she flew to meet us. Aww, we, boat? yes, we did that for two years. She's flown to New Mexico to meet us, Seattle. Yeah, so it's wonderful. They've already decided, yes, exactly. They've decided that they're going to go to college together and, and roommate. So I know. I know. Oh, that's Even nice. I can tell. I can tell. You do. You look almost yeah. identical. My husband sails a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. We did all the Bahamas. Well, not all the Bahamas. Yeah. We did. So we started in. We, we actually lived on a boat when my now 12-year-old was two. And we, that time we were only in the Abacos. Okay. Um, we did go to the tip of Eleuthera, but then we turned around and came back. Then I found out I was pregnant with my third <laughs> child. So we came back to land for better medical care. But then did it again now. Starting in 2016, we moved aboard. My kids were the oldest, who's 14 now. She had just turned 12, I think. And then Diva was nine and yeah, so, and then Samuel, thank you, yeah, and then Samuel was five when we moved on board. Wow. Yeah, and so we did, that time, we started in the Abacos and then went and spent quite a bit of time in Eleuthera, which I love, and then we went across to the Exumas, and oh, have yeah. you been there? Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh, so beautiful. Uh, Bahamas are, like, by far one of my favorites. So, you've never seen colors, like yeah. you've seen that water there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually stayed at the Atlantis Marina. It was ironically it was Ziva's birthday again a couple of years ago and somebody had said if you want to give them a treat because you know the kids after a while they yeah. don't have friends and so we went and stayed at Atlantis and it was fantastic in fact Christina flew there <laughs> oh, to yeah. NASA yeah. yes <laughs> and we oh, went to yes and we had so much fun well, and we they Oh, you were. So I went to my daughter and I got off over a few hours. Oh, man, that's great. Take pictures. Yeah. Pictures that we there. Yeah. Oh. And some of the mega yachts. Because oh we were a little sailboat. In Alupra. Oh, see, now we you probably were at, what is that town? It's on the north. Well, I have the pictures. Um, oh, I want to see. No, I know. It's because our, our friends have a home over there. 
um, is it Har- Harbor, Harbor, Island. Harbor Island? Yeah, Harbor Island, we yeah. never yeah, made that, it there. We were more in the remote. That, right, and it, I mean it's so long and skinny. There's a yes. whole other, you know, there's two airports yeah. that we fly. Some of them have the pink sand beach. Yes. Yeah, that's on Harbor Island. It's beautiful. I'm gonna see if I have a picture here to show you. Oh my gosh! Our little. Okay, I'm back, and as you heard, I was stopping to talk to the gate agent, uh, the lady who were working that flight. What a delightful trio they were, and I figured I didn't realize that I was over-recording because I was trying to record this episode, and so then I went back and listened, and I figured, you know what, it makes me smile to hear a little chit-chat with these wonderful ladies, so I'd let you listen in. I hope you enjoyed that. Part of why I wanted to leave it in now that I recorded it, by the way, I'm walking to my car. I'm not sure how the sound is going to be now. I'm outside and it's a very nice temperate evening in Austin. But uh, I wanted you to listen in because that is what you just heard is so much a part of why living on a boat or traveling full time fits me because I just love to talk to people. I just love it. It's what I guess it fills me up. And I'm pretty sure this audio is awful. So give me a second. I'm going to get in my car and then I will continue the chat. Stand by. I'm in my car now, and hopefully the audio is much better, and you'll be able to hear consistently. I heard some of the recording that I did in the beginning, and it's a bit questionable, but I apologize. You guys know me by now if you've been listening any length of time. You know, my audio always is a little bit questionable, a little bit wonky, because I'm always on the go when I'm recording the uh, New Mexico Castaways episode. So hopefully you're still going to enjoy it and continue to listen. Let me just tell you my pet peeve in the universe in that. That is trying to find my way around parking garages and out of the airport parking garage. They have arrows pointing in every direction. I swear it is a, like, you know how they have mice that they do experiments on to see what they can do and if they hit the right button, they get the cheese. That's what getting out of the parking garage at the Austin airport is like. If you go around enough and hit the right location, you might actually get out. And I remember the same was true in, was it Orlando Airport? Anyway, I just went and followed all the signs and it took me back to where I started and did not get me to the exit. So, but now I see another exit sign going in the other direction. So let's go that way and see if maybe that will take me where I need to go. Anyway, so let's get back to the subject at hand. I had a great chat with these ladies and it really reminded me of what I love about living on a boat and what I loved about being a reporter and what I have loved pretty much about every job that I've loved or every scenario that I've loved, like when I was a Jungle Cruise skipper at Walt Disney World or even when I was on the college program at Disney World and worked at the Kitchen Cabaret, every job or every scenario that always that fills me up involves conversations with interesting people. And that is, if I can just remind myself of that, when the time comes, I would probably be way better off in general in my life. And I'm pretty darn well as it is, right? But I just think 
about it and I'm like, okay, what I wanted to talk about in this episode is the fact that my family and I are having some really big discussion about trying to figure out what we are going to do next. Now, if you go back and listen to some of the episodes that I've talked about, many scenarios and trying to figure out where we're going to live and what we're going to do. We moved off the boat back in, I think, May, and it is now February, the beginning of February 2019. So it's been a lot of months off boat, and we've been here most of that time, a little bit of traveling here and there, but most of that time we've been here in the Austin area. And the reason we were here was partially because of my husband's job. He had a really good project that brought him here and that he's enjoyed, but also because we found a gym that my daughter could train at gymnastically, and she loved it, and she wanted to stay. So we were staying in large part because she had her gym here. But just last Tuesday, so a week ago, Ahava surgery to repair her ruptured ACL in her knee. And this really, it's been a very challenging week for her, for us, for everyone, because she is obviously in in a lot of pain. And we, as a family, are going to have to make some decisions in the coming weeks and months about where we want to be. If she wants to stick with gymnastic and do the hard work that it's going to take to get back to where she was and beyond that gymnastically, we are being told that she faces a probably six to eight month hard recovery where she's going to really have to do physical therapy uh, intensively for uh, three times a week for several months and then probably two times a week after three months, plus just the actual mental game of getting past all of those barriers that she'll probably have the mental barriers to doing the skills that she had been doing before she injured herself. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Ahava is a competitive gymnast. She came here, was training. Now, when we were living on the boat, she trained, but it was sporadic. She trained in Florida with a a team called Palm Beach Gymnastics. When we were in Nassau, she trained there at Nassau Nastic in the Bahamas. And when we were in Puerto Rico, she trained at, uh, in Ormiguero, Puerto Rico, at Gymnastics Unlimited with uh, Coach Laudi, who we adore. And so she's done uh, a lot of training along the way, but not consistently like she's been doing since she moved here to Austin. And she's been training with a gym called Acrotech, and she loves it. And she's got her peer group, her friends, because she humbles, all of her friends that she socializes with are her teammates. And they, for her birthday a couple weeks ago, we took all of her teammates to a family ranch. Friends of ours have a ranch, and we took her teammates, and she had a really great time connecting with her friends. And, you know, it. she has a lot that she loves here and wants to stay here. So that is our oldest daughter, Ahava. Our middle daughter, Ziva, who you heard me talking about with the ladies uh, at the airport, she does not want to stay here. She wants to move back to New Mexico, which is where we lived before we moved down to the boat, which is why this whole thing is called New Mexico Castaways. And ever since we came here, she has also been homeschooling. She does not want to be here. She never wanted to make friends here and has made a point not to make friends. And I really felt the impact of that leading up to her birthday yesterday because there was not one child that I could have invited to her birthday if we had a birthday party. We have our neighborhood. We we live on a little cul-de-sac that I'm in love with. I love our neighbors, super wonderful people. But all the kids there are boys, except for one teenage girl who's a lot older than Diva. And she is a friend of hers, but you know, a big age difference. So as far as kids her age that would want to hang out with her and play with her, there really aren't any in our immediate neighborhood. And because she doesn't go to the 
local school, she hasn't made any friends. She does participate in beach volleyball and she loves that, but she doesn't hasn't made friends in that arena either. And so that's part of why she doesn't want to be here and she really wants to go back to New Mexico. So that's another factor. And then the third factor is Samuel, who is eight and he's in second grade. And up until now, up until the last few weeks, he's been joyful about school. He goes to the local elementary school and he has loved it. He's been talking about it and very happy about being in school. But in the last few weeks, that has changed and it's like pulling teeth to get him to go to school at all. And he's gone from just a really easy to work with kid to very difficult and very unhappy and constantly telling me he's not going to go to school. I mean, to the point where Friday, Nathan had to dress him and then I had to carry him barefoot to the car. And usually we he skates to school and I run with the dog. Uh, but we were so late that I had to just throw him in the car. I threw his shoes and socks in the car, drove him to school. I said, if you don't put your shoes on, I will be driving you to school in uh, barefoot and I will toss the shoes out the car and you will be going to school barefoot. So if I were you, I would put them on. He didn't fully put them on, but he did put his socks on and he had his shoes kind of, he kind of in his shoes when it when he got out of the car and did make it on time, which was a minor miracle. But it's it, it just the joy that I've had being in this neighborhood with him, being having him in school joyfully, a lot of that has been stripped away in the last few weeks. So it's kind of coloring my experience because if, if you ask any member of our family of five, we each have a different answer about what do we want to do as far as where do we want to live next and wh- what are we going to do. And Samuel always was kind of with Ziva that he wanted to stay here. But now he's moving away from that, I think, because he's not enjoying school. I finally started getting to the bottom of why that was, and it, it hurts my mama's heart. So I'm just going to tell you this story, and it'll hurt your heart too if you if you have kids, probably, or if you grew up in a situation where somebody did this to you. But Samuel is he's a very high energy kid, like pretty much every kid that I know, but in particular boys are very high energy. And to get him to sit still in school for that length of time is no small miracle. I mean, it's really amazing that he does you know stay and follow the rules and do what he's supposed to in school. And he really is trying to please his teacher. Well, three things I think have changed the joy for him. And the one that I'm going to tell you about to break this mama's heart has to do with friends, but I'll tell you that last. The first one is his teacher has this system of color, like reward system. And green is where they start the day. And if everything goes well, they stay on green. If they misbehave, they go down to yellow. If they really misbehave, then it goes down to orange and then to red, which is funny because that's like our color code system on our boat for, you know, telling the kids how what they're supposed to be doing and where they're supposed to be and all that. But anyway, blue is the highest you can get. So if you you start on green, if you do something really well, like are really great that day, you get bumped up to blue. Well, before the new year, Samuel would be on blue probably three times a week, maybe sometimes more. And it was what he looked forward to the most. He loved being on blue, but his teacher, she announced after the new year that she it's going to be more difficult to get on blue now for whatever reason. And I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but basically before the new year, when he had a week that he, he was sad that he wasn't on blue, because if you get on blue all five days, then you get a special, you get to pick from a special, I don't know, you know, prizes or something. And he never did that. And he said, I never get on all blue. I said, I, I'm sure no one gets all blue, you know, for a whole week. And he, she, he said, yes, they do. And he named like three or four people that have been on blue all the time. And I noticed that they were all girls' names. 
And I said, oh, were those all girls? And he said, yeah. I said, are there any boys that made it on Blue all the time? And he said, no, there's never been a boy that's been on Blue every day. And I was like, oh, well, where do you fall in this? Like compared to the other boys in the class, are you about the same, like, you know, average boy as far as getting on Blue? And he said, oh, no, I'm on Blue more than or as much as any of the boys in the class. So he's like the best kid, boy-wise, in the class, doing his best to try to please the teacher. And she now has moved the goalpost, right? She's made it harder for him to get on Blue. And he was already struggling just to get on Blue the time he was. And so he has not been on Blue since the new year. And we're now on February 4th today. So that is a bummer. So he doesn't have that to look forward to. That's number one. Number two is he's not challenged educationally. He's just, he's not. I didn't realize the extent to which this was a problem until today because his cousin was here. We, anyway, he was under the weather. He had his homework and I was having him go over it and we were talking about his homework and Nathan was home too. And so he said, hey, let me give you some math problems. And Nathan wrote out these complicated math equations that involved the square root and multiplication and division and word problems like, oh, if uh, car A is traveling at a rate of speed of, you know, 60 miles an hour and you're trying to get to, I don't know, something B and what is the, you know, how long will it take this car to get to whatever? And he solved all of the problems 100% and he, and Nathan, I said to Nathan, I said, how much did you help him on this? He goes, no, he did that all himself. So he's obviously got advanced math skills and I know he is also advanced in language skills, language arts, and at least in reading and communication skills. And then I looked at his homework and it was like, circle the coins that will equal a dollar thirteen and it was like pictures of nickels and dimes and pennies and I went oh my gosh I have been like no wonder he's not looking forward to school reason number two is he is not challenged that he's been saying that to me for a long time but I just kind of blew him off because you know I always feel like they are like oh it's it's too easy and I'm like well if it's too easy do it and get it done but it really really is too easy for him so that's number two reason and then number three hurting mama story he said to me, nobody wants to play with me. And they're always leaving me out. And I'm like, what do you mean? Now, let me backpedal a little bit and tell you that when I was growing up, I have a very close family and very close cousins and siblings. And so friends weren't like first over that. But I did, obviously, every kid wants to make friends. And I was very small. And I was very, I was teased a lot. And sometimes I would be invited to over so that they could do mean things to me. And I have a lot of you know, painful memories of my time at in elementary school. I also have a lot of good memories and I do believe all of that made me who I am. I don't believe I would have been as compassionate as a reporter or as outgoing if I hadn't gone through some of the experiences and, and kind of used that as a way to be like, I'll show them. So I, you know, I don't look back at that as like, oh, I'm a victim. I never feel that way. However, now that I am the mother of three children, I definitely feel I, I'm kind of revisiting some of what I went through, but witnessing it as from a mother's perspective. So Samuel had been saying that about that nobody wanted to play with him, nobody wanted to be with him, that they were leaving him out. And I said, well, give me an example. And he said, well, like I went up to such and such kid and asked him if I could play with him. And he said, oh, I'm already playing with this other kid and we don't want you to play with us. And he told me that a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, that's kind of lousy. But I said, you know, there's a lot of kids, maybe they were in the middle of a really important game and it was only a two person game or whatever. You know, I'm always trying to like put a good positive spin on it. And so then he said, this was coming up a few times. Finally, Friday, this is when it kind of all 
all came to a head. I had said to him, make sure, you know, try to find other people to play with. I'm sure there are other kids that want to play with you. So I picked up Samuel after school on Friday and he was bouncing. He was happy and joyful because he does enjoy school and he was on green. So, you know, he wasn't, he's not too bummed about that. He still, you know, I know he'd like to be on blue, but he's not like down in the dumps when he's on green. He, he knows we are like, that's great. You know, good for you. But when he, he like within a few moments, he saw, let's call this kid. I want to make up a name. We'll just call him kid X. So he goes up to kid X. Kid X is like two pages in front of us. And he goes, hey, X, are you going to the park to play? And there's a park like half a block from their school. And we have met this kid and his parents at this park. And actually, it's kind of a funny story because the dad, I had seen him somewhere and he said hi to me on pickup once. And I was like, oh, hi. And I couldn't remember where I knew him from. And it turned out he was an author, one of the authors who also was at the NaNoWriMo celebration. We finished our, we were NaNoWriMo done party for Austin. And so I was like, oh, hi. And they were very nice. I like them. I like the kid. So, and Samuel and the kid played really nicely together. And they went to the playground. So this, this day, Friday, Samuel says to kid X, hey, you want to go to the playground? Are you going to the playground? And the kid didn't respond. And he said, hey, X, are you, are you going to the playground? And I could just tell because I could tell the kid heard him and wasn't responding. And so I was like, hey, Samuel, don't worry about it. And I, the kid X was going like there were two girls in front of him that he was kind of picking up the pace to go catch up to them. And Samuel was like following him and picking up the pace too. And so I'm like, hey, Samuel, you know, maybe he, he can't talk right now or whatever I said. And Samuel still, because he's so like kind hearted, he didn't even pick up on it. And he's like, oh, hey, X, are you going to the park? And X turns around and says, yes, we are going to the park, but I'm not playing with you. And he said that in front of me. And I like, oh, my heart just fell out of my throat, you know, my chest into my throat. And so then we're walking to the like we're in the crosswalk and I'm just like devastated for Samuel and we get to the crosswalk and Samuel's still staying pretty upbeat I said oh you know are you guys not friends he goes no we're friends Bill maybe he's just distracted you know he like he, he acted like it wasn't a big deal so we get to the crosswalk and Samuel's kind of a few paces behind me and mystery child x is standing next to me and he looks up and I said you know I don't know if you realize but that really hurt Samuel's feelings what you just said and so I said I don't know if you realize that that was what you just said hurt his feelings and then he looked up at me and that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> but I just thought, man, that is so lousy. And now I understand reason number three. So basically, Samuel is feeling like he has no hope of like being a top kid and succeeding in his class because his teacher changed, you know, moved the goalpost. And then he's not challenged educationally. And he doesn't have he feels like he doesn't have any friends. Oh, and by the way, we got to the car and he started just what I said, hey, you know, how are you doing? I look back and he's just falling, crying. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is just the worst thing in the world. It was just so, so heartbreaking. So that explains a lot of why Samuel's story has changed. And our story here in Austin, a lot of it has changed. I mean, we I was looking forward to staying here because I have my little cul-de-sac and I have my friends. I love them. And, you know, they just welcomed us right away. And then 
Viva, I mean, Ahava had her gymnastics and that was, she was really excelling in that area. And Nathan had his job project and he liked that, them and that was working really well. But that kind of is, I don't know if it's ending, but it's one of those things where he can stay, but he doesn't have to. And, you know, the reasons that he got here aren't really there so much anymore. Like he doesn't necessarily physically have to be here as much. And then finally, Samuel, who loved school, is now not wanting to go and I have to like pull his teeth every morning just to get him get in the car. So all of that together, plus the fact that Ziva has never changed her story about wanting to go back to New Mexico, has really made us have to rethink what we are doing. And then, by the way, side note, just talking to all those people in the airport, the, the gate agents, talking about living on the boat, I'm like, why don't? Why are we not living on a boat anymore? Why are we doing this? But that's what's on my mind right now, trying to figure out where we're going to go. Speaking of which, I need to figure out where I am going because I think I'm significantly lost. So let me put you on pause until I can find my way, and then I will continue this in a minute. Okay, I think I know where I'm going now. So this all, and by the way, if you're new to my podcast and you're like, what is this woman talking about? I probably should have started by telling you that this New Mexico Castaways podcast is Rosalinda's Ramblings. This is where I work out my stuff. This is my therapy. This is where I share the process of what goes on in our family, whether it's living on the boat, traveling full time, traveling in an RV, and whatever we are doing in our lives. So that's not for everyone. I get it. I understand. But if you've listened this far, I suppose you are along for the ride. And I hope that it helps you have some insight into how other people might process some of these big life decisions as you wrestle with whatever your decisions are. And I will tell you that the way that we handle these kinds of things is very different since we lived on the boat than it was when, you know, from when we lived in New Mexico. We've come a long way as a family. I feel a lot better about how we communicate than before we moved onto the boat. We learned a lot about how to respect each other's right to express themselves without probably, you know, destroying them in the process and other people in the process. And so we had all these things floating around in our head and, you know, knowing that we have to make some decisions. In fact, the person who's renting from us asked me, just sent me a text yesterday saying, hey, what are you guys going to be doing? You know, have you given any further thought to what you're going to be doing with regards to your house, if you're going want to move back here or not because he would like to buy our house. But our house is up in the forest on 75 acres in New Mexico. And part of why we did not move back there is a big part is because I didn't want to. And it's funny because I just got on my Facebook feed this morning. You know how it it brings up things on this day five years ago. And this was on this day, it was a, a series of pictures that I had posted about a snow day that wasn't a snow day. The snow had not canceled the school and I had driven the kids. We tried to get to the bus, but trying to get everyone bundled up and get to the bus stop in time in the snow. My husband was out of town, which he back then was out of town a lot. And I was home alone with the three kids in the snow and up in the mountains. And I didn't, I mean, I grew up in Chicago, but by the time I was old enough to learn how to drive, I was living in Miami. And so I did not learn to drive in the snow. I don't like driving in the snow. I have, and I'm not cold weather person. And so it was very isolated and lonely for me. And then I, it was stressful, very stressful for me to be up there in the mountains. Because back then, I the thought of taking a kid out 
a duel for a day was it was you know because they'd get all these awards for being you know perfect attendant and all of that well I feel differently about that now and so if we do go back to New Mexico if we had a day like that because by the way in the post that I saw it showed I was talking about how I had eventually I had to take them to school because they had missed the bus everybody was crying I was stressed out of my mind and then we went sliding off the road and hit a curb and it was totally stressful somebody came and I don't know even remember how we got out but I remember that was the day that I started thinking that was back in 2014 and I remember that was like one of the top reasons that day of why I was starting to think you know what I don't want to live here anymore I want to be somewhere where I have a community and I you know I'm not freezing and I'm not by myself and all of those reasons that and of course I miss the ocean and I you know I just really there were so many reasons that started that was one of the days that the seed planted for me wanting to move on to onto a boat which eventually happened two years later and I now know that looking at that I kind of chuckle because you know there's a lot of good things too if I can find my way to fill myself up with connections and communication and conversations with interesting people and live up there because one of the things that we talk about is Nathan really prefers to be not so much crowded with people everywhere he's much more of a remote living kind of guy which of course is in direct opposition to my need for and my social nature so what I was going to say is we had a family conversation we sit around the table or we might be sitting in the living room or whatever and we have a full like okay let's go through point by point and everybody gets to say and everybody gets to share their reason why we should stay here why we should go back to New Mexico or some other idea of what we should be considering. And so what we did is we, we did it kind of like a debate, you know, like if you hear people having a debate, we basically went through point by point. And point number one was, what are the reasons we should move back to New Mexico? That was point number one. And everybody in our family, and since Christina was here, she got to contribute to what are the reasons we should stay? And everybody had to give a positive reason. I'm sorry, why we should move back to New Mexico. So everyone had to give a reason to support the argument that we should move back to New Mexico. Then everybody had to give an argument to support the reason why we should stay here in, in Austin, Texas. Then we, the third thing was, what other options are there that we should seriously consider? And it was really interesting. We had a lot of good points made. The reasons to move back to New Mexico, definitely having the space and, you know, Nathan really hate feeling so closed in and not being able to see distances. There's a lot that our kids would learn by kind of like living on a boat. You learn a lot by living close to the land and, you know, it really builds character, I think. Big part of why Nathan is, he kind of doesn't want them to go to school here so much. He, he likes at the elementary level, it's fine, but I think he worries about the big world, big city. And so that's why there's not a big push for them to not, for the girls not to homeschool because I think he worries about, I mean, as many, most parents in, right now are probably worried when you see some of the horrible stories on the news. But in general, he really likes the thought that they would go to a school where it's in a small rural community and everybody knows each other and they keep an eye on each other and their kids, right? So that's a big reason. For Ziva, the reason is that her best friend lives in New Mexico and she wants to be close to her. And yeah, there, there were a number of other reasons. Then the reason they hear, a lot of it centered around the fact that Ahava has her gym here and Ahava, that bothered her. She actually didn't want that to be our reason. She wanted us to stay because we want to stay. And I said, well, but the fact is a big part of why we want to be here is because we see you thriving and you love it and you're happy. So, you know, that's not something to be discounted just because it's not a, oh, I want to be here because.
because it's really hard. It's a lot to ask Ziva to, to think of it that way. She knows her sister is happy, and so she forced that. So you could see we kind of went around the rounds and talked about all the different reasons. And I've shared some of the. We tried to stay away from the why shouldn't we live here and just make the argument for living here, for moving to New Mexico. And the third option that I was seriously weighing, and I still am, I keep going back to this, and that is the possibility of moving to Tucson, Arizona, because that's where Nathan's parents' house is. We own a third of it with his two brothers. And there's a lot of joy. To me, that house holds a lot of joy. For one thing, there's a swimming pool in the back. It's on six acres against the mountains. So there's a lot of room to connect with the land, but not so much that you like never see another human being. You know, there's a lot of positives in that way. There's gymnastics is close. See, in New Mexico, gymnastics, the really anything that would be to the level that she would need is at least 40 minutes away. The one that's the most competitive is like an hour away from our house. So that adds a whole nother layer of stress to my life, having to drive, you know, both ways in that and sometimes in the rain and the snow and just all the other activities that come up. You know, the kids will be going to school in the East Mountains, which is nowhere near where the gymnastics would be in New Mexico. So that Tucson would have everything close. And what I, I really like the way Tucson is kind of a blend of a bit of the rural or more uh, nature centric and a lot of the things we love about the modern conveniences, you know, great restaurants, great theater. As far as Nathan being to fly in, being able to fly in and out, he could fly out of Phoenix to anywhere and he could fly out of Tucson relatively easily. It's not as easy, but the Austin airport, by the way, is not that easy to get in and out of, in my opinion. So anyway, all of these things were weighing and toying with. And, and then Viva actually made the suggestion that resonated the most with me. And this is something we've talked about a lot in the past, kind of as a joke. But honestly, if you truly ask me what I would want right at the second, it is the scenario that Viva had suggested. And that was we would be quarterly nomads, essentially, that we would live in New Mexico for three months, live here for three months, and live, she said, Washington state because she loves the beauty of that area for three months, but maybe it would be Canada because that's where Nathan has a job, a prospect, a fun company he wants to work with a friend on for three months and travel for the other three months. And that, I would do that in a heartbeat. I know that to you guys, some of you probably sounds like a nightmare, <laughs> but that would solve a lot of the issues. Everybody would know they were going to see their friends that they love again for an extended amount of time for three months at a time. And I would still get my travel and yeah, it would be a little bit of everything, experiencing kind of the different cultures of each place and not feeling so anchored and rooted in one place that you could never leave. And, you know, then I feel trapped, kind of a blend of all types of living. So that's maybe something we're considering. I really have no idea. But I do know I've been talking way too long. And by now you've tuned out and have no interest in anything that I'm saying, I'm sure. But I will keep you posted once we know more about what we're doing. And I'd love to hear from from you guys. Let me know what your thoughts are about this podcast. If you enjoy it, please leave a review for me and share it with a friend. That is it from here. I'm about to get off at the Cedar Park Round Rock exit, which is heading home, and I will check in again soon. Thanks for listening to Rosalinda's Ramblings, aka New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman.